Welcome. We are three guys you've never heard of talking about the most heard of thing, arguably ever, Avengers Endgame. guys you never heard of reunite and continue podcasting oh yeah i was gonna say three guys you never heard of assemble Ooh. Ooh. no it'd be like this three guys you've never heard of assemble yeah true i mean um, you don't have to say it that loud if everyone's got a mic no. in your ear yeah i know there that's well oh he, and he's mocking the fact that captain, captain america, america yelled it and then and kind of mumbled it, it. Yeah. assemble aggressively uh, he probably knew it was a, kind of a corny thing to yell, so he's like, <laughs> "I don't want to keep some down low." I feel that's like one of the least corny things. Like, I feel as though it's, it's transitioned from being from like, being serious to being corny to now being serious. Again. I feel like if you are in any situation where you were yelling for people around you to assemble, but here's, okay, here's the deal: that's fair. they've that's already fair. assembled. That's what makes it corny. They're like, "Bro, we're already here." Um, but the, wasn't that the first time they had said assemble? Yeah, yeah, right. Because they teased they it teased at the it. end of one of them, but uh, at the end of Age of Ultron. Yeah, regardless of what tagline we use, does not change who we are. True, we're a podcast. We are three guys talking about movies, breaking things down, getting weird, rubbing our shorts. We all got beards. Well, Duran and I are close. Those are beards. Okay. Uh, I feel as though you guys go through seasons of beards. We go through seasons. You, yours, the everlasting winter. Just lazy. <laughs> just the long just night. The long, the long night. Um. Yeah. Uh, Avengers Endgame. We breaking it down? Or are we talking about? No. Let's break. Let's break each other down. Scott. Good. How do you do? Um. I do like Vision. Uh. Or my weak do's do's does like Vision. Uh. It is. Gone but not forgotten. Oh, okay, gotcha. I'm so happy it's going? over. Uh, it's almost finals week, and so I don't have any more lectures I need to do, but I have a lot of grading I need to do. Ooh. So it's good. It's fun. Busy, but yeah. Duran? Uh, I'm good. Not very busy anymore, actually. Uh, being on the other side of Scott's job basically means that when things start slowing down, uh, my job slows down with it so nice slow at work everything else in life still busy nice um how do i do thanks for asking guys i we we asked you with our eyes i know that's why i thanked you i saw it yeah um mime i feel like korg korg yeah i feel like i should be dead when when i saw that in the movie i was like dave's gonna love this (laughs) (laughs) uh but i'm still here and life's good good yeah Life's great. Keep, uh, it, keep it vague. Keep keep vague. Yeah, keep, keep the mystery. So you guys will stay interested. Uh, yeah. So we're talking about Endgame. Endgame came out on the 26th of April in the year of our Lord, 2019. Uh, classified here as an action-adventure fantasy. Yeah. Which, uh, which Captain Marvel was action-adventure sci-fi. Oh. This is fantasy. Hmm. Interesting distinction. I think it's Thor and all that that makes it fantasy. <laughs> Because we spent we spent some time on Asgard. Well, yeah, and just with Thor. Thor. Uh, I I read an interesting article that was basically pointing out that Endgame is it's in a genre of its own in that it 
there, there's not really a lot it can compare to given its scope and its magnitude. So I think really it could just be endgame, like <laughs> finality of a eleven year conglomerate yeah. of movies. When right? looking at it, you can't. I mean, like I started looking at it like a movie, and then I stopped looking at it like a movie, and started yeah. looking at it like Avengers Endgame. Yeah, yeah, which is a weird feeling. Yeah, it's the most. It's the closest. We've all read comics or graphic novels. Mm-hmm. It's the closest thing on screen I've seen to like staying up late and trying to finish reading a comic book. Mm. Okay. Yeah. That was my experience. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, directors are Anthony and Joe Russo. Uh, which, so obviously I think most people know they directed Infinity War, Civil War, and Winter Soldier. Um, what I didn't know was that they have directed 14 and 21 episodes of Community, mm. respectfully, and 5 and 10 episodes of Arrested Development. Great show. Um, which I think kind of plays into, you know, they are pretty good at scattering comedy mm-hmm. in their oh, movies sure. in appropriate ways, mm-hmm. um, which I think is something that they actually did a really good job in Endgame. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other movie they have directed outside of Marvel... Was you, me, and Dupree. I think that's why they got the nod to take on Winter Soldier. <laughs> I haven't seen you, me, and Dupree. Oh, well, it's... Owen Wilson. It's Owen Wilson, Ben Stiller. I cannot remember the actress's name. The Basically, guy. Ben Stiller is newly married, and his buddy Owen Wilson needs a place to crash. So so Dupree comes and lives with you and me. You and me is the girl in Ben Stiller. Yeah. This sounds a lot like a movie I wouldn't watch. Uh, it's bad. Yeah, it's yeah. not good. Okay. It's not good. But apparently, it was good in Marvel's eyes. Good enough. It was enough. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. they're like, you did. You mean Dupree? <laughs> You're in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get in there. That's all it takes. Uh, yeah, it was written by the guys who wrote uh, Infinity War, Civil War, and Winter Soldier. Uh, they did not write You Me and Dupree. Nope. Um, but they did write uh, Marvel's shining star, Thor: Dark World. Which, fun fact, is one of the most like call back to movies it's true also it's actually kind of nuts could yeah call back a lot to a lot of other well, movies it makes sense when no. the writer was the one who wrote it he's like guys no one is talking about this movie that i did i'm gonna make us and talk about this movie really that I did. important yeah really important yeah that does make sense that the writer the writer was part of that um uh, they also combined wrote all three of the chronicles of narnia movies underrated Slash, oh, the slash, under, under, yeah, they're underrated. Slash one was actually horrible, but uh, two are underrated. I think they were appropriately rated as not very good. Oh. <laughs> okay. I actually don't think I have an opinion. Um, have you I, seen any of them? I've seen one or two. Of, I haven't seen all of them. Okay. So I, that's part of why I think I don't have an opinion. Uh, okay. Uh, I think it's wild to think about Christopher and Stephen, two buddies that just work together. Yeah. Two buddies who work together. I mean, right? Like, that's a lot of... Did they write all of those? I think they together? combined, yes. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Like, I would love to, to have, like, a workmate. A McFeely to your Marcus. What's your face, Durant? I'm just... I just think it's funny that you were about to say, man, I'd love to have, like, a friend that I could connect with and work with on something like that. <laughs> no, well, okay. While David and I sit here no, working on this podcast. Just a sec, just a sec. I hear what you're saying. Um, I think, though, that, that uh, as we could parse this, um, I feel that this is a hobby. This is for us. Mm. Whereas 
Like, maybe they see it as a hobby, but they're obviously doing something that's making them some... Like I, think, the, I think that's their primary... Well, I think they've been pro bono the entire time. Uh, okay. Okay. My <laughs> the point is sh- the shifty eyes from Dave after that one. Right, my point is simply they've made a lot of money together, which I think is interesting. Oh, so you just care about the money? Is that no, guys? I'm gonna leave. Honestly, that's not my point. <laughs> now, two guys you even more haven't heard of because oh, yeah, only... I'm gonna stick around because the only inkling with, of with the guy <laughs> who thinks our relationship <laughs> is nothing. All right, the guy that two other guys still. The, the guy that two other guys disowned, and Wait, you still so haven't heard this, of. In this fantasy, I'm going to do a solo podcast by myself. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. It's going to be one guy you've never heard of. Uh, Alan Sylvester. Sylvestri. Yeah. we got to keep the, the trend of mispronouncing the guys' names. All right. Uh, people's names. I mean, you say we got to. Like, I think it's inevitable. We're going to do it. True. We're bad at that. True. Um, he did... So he did the music. He composed for... In-game, Infinity War, the original Predator, Back to the Future, Avengers, Van Helsing, Underrated. Stuart Little. Underrated. He's actually composed for like 70 movies or yeah. something. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't feel as though the, the music or the scoring was overly distracting or really added too much. I feel um, like they could have done a little more with like callback themes. I think they did... Because I've read about how they did do that, but mm-hmm. I think they that the themes for the different heroes and stuff are more subtle than yeah. say um, throughout the Lord of the Rings trilogy, yeah. where you're like, oh, yeah. this is definitely the Shire. Yeah. Oh, this is definitely yeah. Rohan. Like the those music are... was way better in those movies. Okay, I mean well, I agree. Well, yeah, um, but, it's, but it's a critique of trying to make a movie that. You're not trying to put that much emphasis on that, right? The the cue for the characters is more a visual cue, not a yeah. auditory or thematic cue. Yeah. And so it's kind of hard to like use those cues again in this context. So the first time I saw the movie was in Dolby. Yeah, me too. Oh, this is then the second time I saw it was in Standard. In s- w- absolutely different experiences from the music standpoint. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The, I, it was like to the point where the second viewing last night in standard, I was like, I really wish it was more pop there with the music. Like it was weird, and obviously, uh, but yeah, I thought Dolby did this music a service. Yeah, I think that if I see it again in theaters, I'm going to try to go IMAX because the entire movie was shot with an IMAX camera. Mm-hmm. So I think that's worth doing. But mm-hmm. I, like you. I'm a huge fan of Dolby, so I saw it the first time in a Dolby theater. And, yeah, the sound was amazing. Yeah, insane. Yeah. Cool. Um, got 9 out of 10 in IMDb, which is crazy. That'll probably uh, that'll probably level out potentially as the weeks go by. But yeah. it's at 9 right now. Uh, the Rotten Tomatoes, 95 from the critics and 90 from the audience, which is crazy to me. No, it's not crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little crazy to me. Yeah. Given that like a trend of recent movies has been for mm, nefarious actors to intentionally leave a mark on them. Yeah. Right? And it feels like this is like a really easy mark to make, and yet we don't really see any kind of tampering. Which is interesting, not because I think that it should happen, but more why didn't it happen? Right? Like why was this the one that they chose not to muck with? They being a collective group of people. And game ain't nothing to muck with. I think it's just because it, um, unlike 
Captain Marvel or Black Panther. There was there wasn't really any sort of underlying uh, like I don't want to say agenda or like political mm-hmm. movement, but there weren't there were no real undertones to this movie. Like it wasn't it wasn't going to empower sure. any cultural group yep. or or people. So yep. it's doesn't draw those types of people that are coming mm-hmm. they're going to come and brigade the ratings. Yeah. Uh, Metacritic seventy eight and then cinema score A plus. Yeah. That makes sense. I yeah. mean I think all of these make sense given the context. I also think that no one should go see this movie if they haven't seen at least half of the movies that preceded it. Yeah. Which is kind of like a weird... Which also puts like the amount of money it's made in a weird spot, given that, like, could you imagine going into that movie without ever seeing an Avengers movie before it, or a Marvel movie before it? Like, that's... Um, no. I, I could not. imagine if you only saw Infinity War, and then, like... Maybe, yeah. But Infinity War would be a way different experience for you then. You'd be like, what? Yeah. yeah. What? And then, yeah, I guess the aspects of so, this movie. So, um, we talked about how this movie played on, like, Thor Dark World a lot. I never saw Thor Dark World, and I didn't feel like I missed anything. Yeah, you I don't also, need to see it. I also didn't see Ant-Man and the Wasp and feel like I didn't <laughs> Interestingly, miss it anything. The, the callbacks in the movie were... Thor Dark World, the most obvious, like, heavy-handed callbacks, and then Ant-Man and the Wasp was, like, so we, we were talking about the fact that we were expecting that Captain Marvel was going to be, like, the tee-up for Endgame. Mm-hmm. And I feel as the tee-up for Endgame was not Infinity War, and not Captain Marvel, but Ant-Man and Stupid Wasp, which you've watched, right? I watched it, yeah. But you good. have not watched. It's not nope. good. You did not enjoy it. It's not good. I... I somehow, heard bad things from both of you. Somehow Duran convinced me to watch it. And what are you talking about? I did not convince you to choice. watch it. No, no, no. Corey convinced you to watch it. The That's only true. good thing. If I, I knew Corey's movie. last name right now, I'd drop it all over this podcast because <laughs> it's his fault. The only good new, The only good thing in that movie was was Paul Rudd, the actor, not maybe what they did with his character. Maybe, but my my point is only it's very interesting that they could have leaned really heavy. Well, I guess it leaned really heavy into Infinity War, but. Right, they could have leaned really heavy into some of their other more popular properties. And oh, yeah. They didn't. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't... I, Actually, it was interesting. That's I, all. As we get into it, I want to s- yeah. hear more what those callbacks are, because I didn't really get that feeling from it. Yeah, that's fine. We can get into it. Yeah. Um, Besides the obvious, him, him getting shot out of the particle yeah, yeah, things. Yeah. There's a massive cast. Bobby Downey. To this. Bobby Downey. Bobby Downey. Here's what's crazy. This says in credits order, and... Karen Gillan is what twelve down? I didn't sure. count. Um, Nebula, yeah. yeah, and Nebula was a big part of the movie. Get oh, so you're saying she should have been higher? Yeah, get her. She did a great job. Yeah, but she's underneath of Spider-Man, Captain Marvel, Black Panther. I feel like she shouldn't have been underneath Spider-Man. Spider-Man was in this movie for. Yeah, I think they were crediting like ten name minutes. actors, sure. not like presence yeah. in the movie. I buy that. Yeah, yeah, but, but also, Spider-Man has a movie coming out in a month and a half. I feel like. If IMDb, when they are creating their cast list, is thinking about those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I don't know if that comes from IMDb. This no, might it's, be. It's oh, you're right. It might not. Yeah, it says this in is from its order. But yeah. even then, like Don Cheadle is above Paul Rudd, and I feel like Paul Rudd, Don Cheadle's Don Cheadle. He's. I mean, he's also been in like how many movies? He's been in like five. A Cheadle ton of a Cheadle ton. Uh, his character, yeah. I should say. Yeah, he, yeah. He was interestingly one of the only characters I can think of off the top of my head. In that recast. top twenty, that was recast. 
right? Because he was originally a different, a different actor in Iron Man. Oh one yeah, two, it was Rhodey. Howard. Howard Ter- Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard yeah. was the original. Man, I like Don Cheadle a lot. Um, I name my fantasy football team after him every year. Don did. Cheadles. Don Cheadles. The first Don Cheadles in a, posh, a possessive apostrophe. So it's one Don Cheadle who has a bunch of little small Don Cheadles playing football for him. And no one gets it every year. But Okay, you every year you're like, man, why doesn't anyone get this? It's not that people don't get it. <laughs> it's hilarious. I don't think that anyone out there is like, what is he trying to say? Like people are just like, that's Don Cheadles, ridiculous. Don Cheadles. Because you could do that with anyone in any situation. Yeah, but it's Don Cheadle. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, I don't seen... think we need to go through all the names. If no. you are familiar with Marvel movies, they were in it. Uh, yeah, let's not do that. Everyone will turn off the podcast. There were no new ones, though. Right? Because there, there weren't any new... Like, were, the, the, you guys can think of, were there any... New uh, characters? Characters introduced in Endgame that you hadn't seen before. Uh, the massive gorilla things. Uh, Ant-Man's daughter grew up and was a new actress. Oh, got him. <laughs> good, good. Uh, Bam! The the guy from Iron Man three made a yeah the kid yeah I had no idea who that we was were, we were so confused that was like the first thing that Gwen did when we got out of the theater was like, like who's who, that damn why did kid they pan on well because they man they spent a decent amount of time on that shot of him yeah. and I was like who is that wait a minute it's like I get that person I get that yeah, person yeah, yeah. wait a sec here's a question yeah. I bet you they CGI'd that shot. Or do you think they got all of those actors? I think they got them all. Well, so I... There has to be some CGI there because, like, the Hulk is not the Hulk. No, obviously. But my question is, did they get every single one of those actors in one place for that shot? So I saw an interview where they talked about filming that scene. And everyone was there dressed up in there. So they... But they didn't know who had died. Oh. They weren't told who had died anyway. They were looking around yeah. like, who's not here? Yeah. Well, um, pretty obvious. But then they also, I guess, around the same time, filmed a wedding scene. Oh, interesting. So, they did that. I know that, I don't know if it was um, the Russos or what, but they like included a lot of scenes. They included a lot of scenes in their recording or fake recording mm-hmm. that were never well, intended to be in the they, movie. They could have had a wedding scene between Pepper Potts and Tony and used it as one of like the opening sequences of. Like, would have been weird. Yeah, it would have been like I I agree, yeah. but like it's it's a motivation for his character or whatever. Right? Yeah, yeah, they could have. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, I think, that, I think they were all there at that funeral scene. That also brings up an interesting point too that a lot of the movie was filmed wildly out of order and that apparently no one other than Robert Downey Jr. knew the entire. The entire uh, script, yeah. That like everyone else had piecemeal parts, and they just showed up for their casting. And yeah, but he was the only person, right? Which is a weird way to film a movie, but it makes sense given how broad in scope it was, and yeah. how and how Tom Holland always spoils things. Yeah, I, I doubt Tom Holland had any idea. You guys have watched his interviews, right? Yeah, yeah. With Benedict Cumberbatch, yeah, and he's like, and we're stopping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like, like Tom Holland just starts saying stuff, and Benedict's just like, ah. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> Blueberry pumpkin patch. Blueberry yeah. pumpkin patch. Uh, so Tom Holland's line when he comes out of the when he first sees Iron Man in the battlefield. Yeah. Um, it, someone made a Spotify playlist and every single song in order, the song title is that line of dialogue all the way from like 
the first line to the very like, oh, this is nice when he's hugging at the end. The entire thing. Nice. Very silly. Fun fact. Fun fact. Uh, but so no, we, we don't have anything to talk about in terms of casting. No. No. It is it is notable that they had that consistent of a cast for that long of time. I've got one thing to talk about casting, but yeah. I'll bring it up later. Okay. okay. It's kind of what talks about a transition with like, my thoughts on a character. Uh, box office... Uh, opening weekend, one point two billion dollars underperformed. With what, like three hundred fifty or four million domestically? <laughs> yeah, something like that. In that three to four hundred. So here's the deal. Million. Here's the deal. That's a domestic record. It will be broken in the future, but it this time it broke its predecessor's record by a hundred million dollars. Yeah. I don't think it Which will, his predecessor was Infinity War. Yep, right? yep. I don't yep. think anything will ever break it by a hundred million dollars yeah, ever again. Like I don't think one. I think yeah. I don't think Star Wars is gonna come anywhere near. No, I don't either. Like from from a box office point of view, like we're watching Gretzky. We're yeah. watching Jordan. Yeah. Just, you know, sports references, but but like the, well with us. The, yeah. the, hey, I know sports, Scott. <laughs> don't lump me in. Yeah, with non-sports knowing people. The greatest. It's like Wayne Gretzky played tennis. Everyone knows. Yeah, this. Jordan played baseball. He was the best shortstop in the tennis. Okay, game. that's actually true. So. <laughs> cool, uh, guys. Are we thumbing? Yeah. Uh, great. All right. Here we go. Three. I almost closed my eyes. Two, I don't know why. One thumbs. Oh, oh, one middle. Okay. Oh, okay. one middle. I was okay. David oh, sorry. Has, yep, I'm a David's, David's thumbs up. David's thumbs up. Duran's got a thumbs up, and I've got a thumb sideways. Which, which I will say, I actually have two opinions on this movie: both a thumbs up and a thumb sideways. I think two that, opinions. I think that as a, it's like two or three and a half guys you've never heard of. Yes, I'm bringing my fourth. Uh, as as a cap to the uh, grand arc of story that they set out to make, they being Marvel Cin- Cinematic Universe, Kevin Feige, uh, thumbs up. Okay, yeah. I, I felt as though like it it resolved the story in a way that I felt fine about. Yep. Like I don't really care anymore about Captain America. I don't really care anymore about Iron Man. Yep. Um, but I feel as though as a movie, it wasn't that good. From a, like a plot perspective, from like all kinds of different things that I was just like, mm. yep. As soon as they jumped into this whole, basically, as soon as they did their first time jump heist into yeah, time heist. <laughs> time as soon heist. as they jumped into the time heist and they were like, here we go, year like yeah. 2011. Yeah. Here's where we are. I was like. This is this movie, huh? Yeah. Like, I actually had a moment where I was like, all right, we're doing, like, a weird multiple, yeah. uh, like, story arc, time travel movie heist thing. Which, which as a feature of a movie that wants to have callbacks, is fine, right? Like, yeah. the whole thing where Tony gets to go back and talk to his dad, and, right, he resolves some daddy issue things. I think that's, yeah, that is meaningful. I think that as a plot device in a movie that's telling a story. Yeah. I feel the exact same way. I think I said pretty much the exact same thing when I got home and Liz asked me how was it. I said as as a capstone film um, I think they did such a magnificent job. Um, I think just the whole way through portraying like the emotion and what these characters have gone through perfect. The plot was okay. If, if it was just a movie doing this same kind of thing without having 
all of that history to it, mm-hmm. I yeah, I'd be like, okay, yeah. Um, so I saw it twice. Yeah, the first time I saw it, did not like it. In the theater, really underwhelmed. Left it. Did you not like the entire thing, or there? Because the only reason so, I ask is because for me, like the first yeah, probably the biggest, two the, acts, the, I was kind of the, like the two acts. But fr- when, but when Falcons is like on your left yeah, cap, yeah, at yeah, that, yeah. that moment and on, I was like, oh yeah, okay, cool. oh yeah. Well, so yes, that's, that's the thing. So right? like, like, like after the first time I saw it, yeah, I was like, I got what they were doing the first act, and I appreciated it, although it just kind of sludged for me. Mm-hmm. I appreciated the just you, okay. So here's the biggest thing: they had to make the ending in Infinity War feel earned. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, which, which, which they did. As like a small example, the whole Tony Stark conflict at the beginning, where they're like, "We need you," and he's like, "I'm not going to do it." And then ten minutes later, he's like, "Oh, I figured it out. I'll do it." Well, the angry. So the angry scene with Stark and Cap when they first get Stark back was one of my favorite scenes. Actually, I thought Tony. I thought that. Oh, and like Robert he, when, Jr. when he first comes back from drifting yep. in space. Yep. Yeah. I thought yeah. that Robert Downey Jr. did such a good job. Yep. Um, and I don't know if that was CGI or if he lost all that weight, but oh man, he was gaunt. And yeah. It, was, it worked. But anyway, the first two acts, I was like, man, I get what you're doing. Didn't like it. Time heist. I get it. It was a drug. It drug. Come on. Move on. Last act, like, holy, like, crazy, everything a nerd could want in a movie, mm-hmm. right? But, and then I saw it a second time. Yeah. And I liked all three acts. And we can talk more about that, but. So I, I was originally going to be this. I was originally going to be sideways, mm-hmm. yeah. but the second viewing popped so, me. So interesting. Um, I would say it's the second act that that was the only time where it drug for me. Like during the time heist is the only time it drug for me. Yeah. I really liked the first act actually because I think they did such a good job of portraying the aftermath. Yeah. Mm, okay. Um, yeah. And because one of the things that I was going to talk about was um, like grief. Mm-hmm. And how well they show different people grieving mm, and dealing sure. with that grief within that first act, yeah. even. Yeah. Um, like you go from whatever, you go from what Hawkeye's dealing with, and he's not even, you don't even really see what he's dealing with. You just hear about it through other characters. And then you see how Black Widow is dealing with it. And you see what Cap's doing. Cap's going to support groups and dealing with this stuff. And then when the Hulk finally goes to find Thor, Thor is in like a deep depression. That I think most people assumed like, oh, at some point he's going to like... Get out of it. He's going to wield his axe and he's going to get ripped again and he's going to be fine. And it's like, no, at no point in the film is he ever back to being Thor. Mm -hmm. Like, he is is broken. Even at the end of the film when things are going well, it's like, no, he's still got stuff he's got to deal with. And I actually, I really appreciated that 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 first act was that gloomy and that real when it came to... What they were dealing with. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's yeah. what I that's what I came to on my second viewing, and then what got me through the time heist on my second viewing because I agree with you that was the act that plowed along the most. It had some cool moments, and that's what got me through is the character moments. Mm-hmm. Like you just pointed out, the conversation with Stark and his dad mm-hmm. to the movie side of things, eh? But to an emotional resonance for the character, great. Yeah. Right, and so it's like with a movie like this. That's why I said in the beginning, like you can't really look at it like a movie. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. if you do, it's got a lot of problems. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not even going to maybe some maybe you guys will, but like the time travel thing, 
I mean, you could tear it to shreds. Oh, that's oh. what we're talking about. Was it's terrible. And if yeah. we don't want to oh, actually yeah, go absolutely. into it, I have a different. Oh man, so, I actually. I, I don't like the fact that they lampshaded the fact that Back to the Future is a terrible time travel. Like, that's not how time travel works. And then they did the exact same plot of Back to the Future, except minus the whole, like, connection between the, the future. So I think that they did a good job of avoiding paradoxes. Mm, well, no. the characters... No, here's they here's, how, they, they here's no. how they did. I will argue no. Here's how they did. Boo. They had characters... All, the entire movie repeatedly look <laughs> into the camera lens and say, the past does not affect the future. That's how they avoided it. It's like this is how it works. Captain in this movie. America fought Captain America, and don't tell me that he thought that that was Loki or that he thought that that was an impersonator. He would know that he's fighting himself. Yeah, but he did when he was like, "So he's alive." So so how do you say that's not a paradox? Okay, because well, that's are you saying that that should have affected? I'm saying that current Cap, the the Captain America that was in the timeline and the time traveling Captain that goes back, yeah, and beats him, yeah. The one who was beaten should be affected by that. He probably was, but I don't see the, what you're ca- saying the about. Characters say the, pro- the past does not affect because the future. because the past that they are affecting is not is not leading to where yeah. they well, are so, now. So that means that, like by definition, then you can't have paradoxes. But the problem is, is that they break that rule consistently. With, well, they break it with Captain at the end. Yeah, like because no, he just used no, because no, no. No, he goes back in time to put the stones back, and then yeah. he's in and then that he's future. in that future. Yeah. That's the one time it breaks. So, no, it breaks some other times too. So the argument there is that he's not living out his days in that future. When he gets to that age, he uses pin particles and comes back to to this point in time in this timeline so that he can have this final moment. Oh, that's okay. Well, if that's that's I think either way I think either way that would be it breaks it. I don't think it breaks it. So there's there's two ways. One, um, some of the some of the infinity stones are not contained as infinity stones which makes them complicated when you talk about like here's a tesseract we're gonna break it and then get a stone out of it i guess that's that's fair and then he's gonna go put it like how does he put the tesseract back together just given whatever stone he had yeah right that's one problem the other problem is going to be that how how do you reckon with this idea that he can insert those stones back in a way that doesn't change that timeline um, right, because not all the stones are in the basement of a yeah. shield lab, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you could argue that. I think you could find other than I think the soul stone's a weird one. That like, how do you put that one back? Mm-hmm. Really, that one's a strange one. Um, I think the others you could find a way though, for to sort of insert them. Because when you think about find a way, the ones that they took in New York, if he shows up back right in line with when they were taken like they were in transit you just get them back into transit well i mean one of them was stolen by loki right okay yeah so so you take you take the tesseract you put it back in the basement in like whatever that was like the 60s so that's two timelines though like there's two different timelines of tesseract then right one of them loki has yeah that one's the tesseract and then yeah so that one had a paradox Right? That changes that timeline. It changes that timeline, but it doesn't change the well, main right. story arc timeline. This is, this is why this makes no sense. Well, that's what that's what that's well, what they dis- because that, that because the rules this movie set up. Yeah, the yeah, rules but they set up the with time makes sense because if that implies that every time you make a time jump, you are splitting the reality. But the prop. Have you guys seen Primer? Yeah. yeah. Right, like that movie is an answer to the problem of yeah. Infinity Wars thing, which is that like 
every time you split, you're changing the reality, which means that what, it's like the prestige too, right? Like it's the idea that like you have two things every time you jump. And so that means, for example, like the, the timeline before any time travel, they, t- they jump back in time. Well, that, that reality keeps going. Yep. Right? Yeah. So that means that there are, there are many realities in which uh, there are catastrophic failures, and there is one single reality that does not have a catastrophic failure. Yep. Yeah. But the problem is the movie doesn't present it that way. No. And for me, honestly, all of like these things, does, all of these things started coming through my head, and I was like, you know what? Turning that off. Just gonna watch the movie. That's, well, what, that's, that's what why you have I give it. To do. That's why I give it a side thumb. Is yeah. because like as soon as you start dealing with with uh, time travel, time travel. Interestingly, this is gonna be my recommendation for the week. I watched in the Spider Verse the day after I watched Endgame, and I was blown away by it. Thank you. That movie deals with multidimensional stuff in a way that doesn't contradict itself. Yeah. Right. They they just assume at the fact that you can have multidimensional characters and there's a body of comic book work behind it that supports the the theme right like mm-hmm. i understand that i'm going to gloss over that but in the 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 movie itself they don't go into like wait how does spider ham's universe interact with noir's universe right yeah. whereas in this movie they tried to explain it and in trying to explain it they contradict themselves yeah the thing is i think there's a lot of this is the most glaring but when dealing with mcu and comic book movies there's just going to be some schlock Right. Yeah, and, and I'm okay with that, but like, don't make fun of that schlock in your movie that uses that schlock. Right? Yeah, like yeah. that's I'm just that's my that, complaint. I'm just happy that I got schlock to be a word that we're going to use now. Yeah, apparently we're schlocking it up. Um, so I mean, like that's the thing. We can tear apart the time travel. <clears throat> yeah, and I again, but that's in my opinion the weakest part of the film is the fact sure. that they one decided to use time travel, and mm-hmm. two that they. They didn't do it in a way that was perfect, which is like, it's super difficult to do it in, in a way that's perfect when you're talking about a movie that you've got to move through things mm-hmm. True. Um, and keep the audience with you and accomplish goals and things like that. Yeah, because you can go back to the primer example. I think the reason that only niche movie viewers have watched primers because it's not a film that's like, that was fun. Yeah, yeah it's, right? a, like that, that it's movie, not a fun You film. watch that movie and you're like, my head hurts a little bit right now. Like, I don't really understand what happened. Yeah. I'm maybe going to watch it again, but probably not, because... I love how fast Tony discovered it. He was like, do more strip. Line it up. I know. I got it! I know. This is one of my... Go- <laughs> that that whole, like, conflict is so wasted. It, I mean, like, eh, I feel like... I would also... I mean... Also, why does he have to go back in time? Like, why can't Tony? He, yeah, why can't he have other people go back in time? They had a team. Because... He's Iron Because Man. it's Tony. He told you. He... Is Iron Man. <laughs> because I think we can move past this. Yeah. My, my point is just simply I think that it's a very weak story element. I do too. And I think that's my biggest schlock. <laughs> with, schlock. With the film is that they resorted to using that. Yeah. But at the same time, th- killing Thanos in the first 10 minutes, loved it. Loved it. And then the. It was, it was almost like a Snoke moment well, of like. And it was just an unceremonious thump and it was presented it wasn't presented like a like an accomplishment oh yeah, it was yeah everyone was like kind a, of upset about it yeah and like a Thor lashes yeah. out I went for the head that was great but and then the black and then five years yeah like, I love that too I thought it played really well yeah so I liked all that stuff again well, that first everyone act everyone yeah. and their mom was like they're gonna use the time stone that's how they're gonna do it yeah they're gonna go and they're gonna 
beat Thanos and use which, the stones and then recover. Which yeah. is a side note. Sorry, we don't. Have, we can move past the whole time thing. Um, if you have the Infinity Stones, why? What? Just what? Like hmm, this is the other thing I want to talk about. If we we're going to talk about time, which I know we already did, so we can skim past this. Is the the power creep of this movie is absurd. Uh, if you have time stones, why don't you just do things like even what they made fun of, kill baby Thanos, right? Like they they have these these paradoxes that they well, set up where they have this power to do things, and then they just kind of like again. Well, that skim example again is within the rules they constructed with time travel. They explained how that wouldn't work. That going into the past and doing things in a past that's a it's a different past than the one that they are from isn't yeah. going to affect their present. Yeah, but, but going into the past, and I also don't like that it's like, oh, anything they grab, they can bring yeah. back to theirs. Oh, yeah. That's... Including a spaceship. Including a giant spaceship. So here's... And here's well, here's the other thing. Because it's like... It's <laughs> like, oh, hey, someone go back in time, grab Black Widow, and we're good. Yeah. Well, and here's, well, here's yes. the other thing. No, here's, and here's what I immediately thought of. When there was like, we only have this many pin particles. I was like, use one to go get more pin particles. And then do your thing. It also makes no sense that they... That, that I mean, they didn't the, do that. Though. They ended up doing it. In the like, middle of the time heist, Tony and Captain are just like, oh, beep, 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 beep. Time travel again. What? Yeah. Wait, the time travel is based on the device in their hand, not the thing in the room? Yeah. What? Why did they do the thing in the room? I think the... So, my theory on this, because that's the whole... That plays into Old Cap at the end. Yeah. If Old Cap in the end uses pin particles to get back to that main timeline... How is it that he does that and doesn't show up on the landing that they've yeah. set up? Yeah. And it's because the landing is for the return, I think, more so than the the going. The going, yeah. So anytime, oh, so you're saying anytime Captain America and Tony went back again, but then they returned to the yeah. complex. Yeah, they didn't return to in the, order to return. Well, I think it's specifically in order to return within same, seconds the same point. of the place that you yeah. left. You need that. Yeah, you need that thing platform. Mm-hmm. Versus like Cap at the end of the movie, if he used pin particles to get back to the timeline, he wasn't worried about getting back to that main timeline within seconds of that of leaving it. As a side note, I'm also not convinced he actually time traveled back. Yeah, neither am I. Which would be a which would be a which would break everything. Yeah. What do you mean that he? What do you mean? Uh, the that he the just only yeah, the only indication that he that like he he goes and he says the whole thing where he's like, "I'll be back in a second, Like you don't even know type thing. Mm-hmm. Is you hear him putting his shield down, like you hear the, like chunk. Yeah, and then they look over and they see him sitting there, right? Which could be he just like walked up and sat down. Yeah, wait, he like knew to go back, hide in the woods, and show up. Yeah, yeah. So, but here's a uh, here's something. Yes. It was a theory I had for the first viewing, and I confirmed on the second. Bucky knew. Bucky knew he wasn't coming back. He told Bucky. Before. Oh yeah. I well, I think Bucky could. I think Bucky knows him well enough to know. Oh, he's got. He now has the ability to go back and live out his well, life. I with. like. I like the touch because if you see, if you watch that scene with the perspective that he told Bucky before. It works or, perfectly. Or Bucky has enough intuition to know. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. But see, I, I like just, just let me have my little moment. Yeah, just be, do, be, do, be, be, because I, it, I like that that demonstrated the primacy of their relationship, mm, sure. even though he gave the shield to uh, Hawkeye, mm. not Hawkeye, uh, Falcon. Falcon. Yeah. Because a Winter Soldier could never be Captain America. He's an international terrorist, and even though it was mind control, the public doesn't know that. Like it wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. So like. But he also doesn't want it. Yeah, exactly. Bucky wants what Cap 
goes and gets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just like I just like that. I was like, yeah. I felt because at first I was like, I feel bad for Bucky. Then I was like, oh no, I don't. Yeah. Uh, we can move past tra- time travel because yeah. I think that we can talk a long time about it. And I don't think there should be that much more. Produced. I think that what we're all sort of agreeing on is that the use of time travel in that second act is the weakest part of the film. Yeah, from both a all of the contradictions and secondly the just kind of the plotting. Yeah, is just is plotting. Yeah. To be fair though, I I think that I didn't like the first act, but then what Duran said I think reframes it in a much better way, and I think the next time I watch it I'll enjoy it more. Which is that really that first act is more a character study in how the different remaining Avengers are mm-hmm. dealing with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I didn't view it that way. And oh, so, man. So I appreciate that I Man, I love that first I'm time. telling yeah. you, literally 180 degree different experience yeah. my yeah. second time watching it. And it could be because it's expectations, right? You're expecting there to be like this big fight. And yeah. that first little bit seems a lot more like a defeat. Yeah. Which, which, which makes sense. Because yeah, like I said, should. you have yeah. to... Because if they... If the end of Infinity War like was like didn't matter, they would have been horrible. Mm. They made it matter. Yeah. They made it matter. Because you don't see those people... Which I also like that it, this movie focused on the original goons and not any of the new characters because they were all gone. And you don't see them to the last battle. Yeah, I mean, it's a little annoying that in a 50-50 random split, the four important Avengers don't die. Is it annoying or is it by... <coughs> or is it dispassionate? Or is it something that Strange figured and out? And neutral. Yeah. Right? Yeah. When Strange was looking through 14 million odd possibilities, he's like, oh, this is the one where the right people survive. Because he snapped at this moment yeah. instead of the one before or the one after. Yeah. Yeah. I also think that uh, Disney likes to make money. And that is the yeah. more important reason. Yeah, than... that's fair. And I think they want to set up that, like, we're finishing oh, yeah. out these characters. Yeah, and to be fair, like those next I, ones are coming. As a as a viewing experience, I would much rather have Captain America and uh, Tony Stark be the main characters, not like Ant Man and Captain Marvel. Well, I was gonna say Captain Marvel, but actually, I wish Captain Marvel had a bigger role in the movie because they almost played up her role more in the end credit scene of her movie. Yeah. Than the movie itself, right? Like she. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't like the Captain Marvel scenes. She's all right because well, um, they didn't use her at all. Yeah, like they're, just, so, well, and also like underpowered when convenient. Yeah, yeah, super. That's what bugged me the most. Yeah. She goes toe to toe with Thanos, and it's like an even fight. And you're like, well, that's that's my whole. Compl- this is, and and again, I want to I want to hear what you guys want to talk about before we get into it. But what I was going to talk about was like the the problem of power creep in the movie, given that Thanos doesn't have any Infinity Stones, and in the previous movie we saw that the Avengers could either get really close to beating him or beat him when he had one or more Infinity Stones. And now all of a sudden he doesn't have any and he's like kicking their ass, right? Like, Yeah, let's go into power creep. Let's do it. Okay, so... I'm a power creep. The Thanos that we were battling in this movie was one from... 2014. There we go. 2014, which is when Avengers fought the guys in New York, right? Uh, Nope. Two years after that, it was when Guardians of the Galaxy was taking place. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah, that's right, because there were two teams that yep. split, right? One went yep. one way. One went 2012. Also, I know we're not going to talk about this, but the whole thing of Nebula getting intertwined with Nebula is garbage, right? Like, why Absolute didn't garbage. any of the other characters get intertwined with any of the other well, characters? the network. 
That was their thing. I'm just saying. <laughs> but that's bull. I'm I, just saying that's what they said. That's that is what, what they said, is yeah. that Nebula yeah. is on like her own Wi-Fi. Yeah, the Nebula Wi-Fi, dude. The password is Nebula Wi-Fi. <laughs> anyway, uh, but, but the point is, so the Thanos that they are fighting <laughs> when it's uh, Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor, uh, Chubby Thor, right? And Captain America gets oh, Mjolnir for the first time, which was Thor. awesome. P-H-A-T. Right, yeah, exactly. Right, when, when Captain gets Mjolnir oh, and, and Thor's like, I knew it! Right, I that's knew it. Great, that's awesome. Um, As he's coughing up blood. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it! Right, so Captain America has a shield, which up until this point in the Marvel Universe, in the movies, not the comic books, I don't know enough about the comic books, uh, we understand that Captain America is pretty badass, pretty strong, yeah. and that his shield is what? Vibranium. Vibranium. Which is? Indestructible. Indestructible. Indestructible, thank you. And then Thanos has just like a sword. Granted, he's a titan. Maybe and it's he's... a vibranium sword. It could be vibranium. <laughs> this is There's such... no reason to think that it isn't. But in, an, in a world in which we have an unbreakable material and you fight it with another unbreakable material, what is definitionally going to break? The unbreakable material or the unbreakable material? Right? This is what I'm getting at. Is, well, is, right, who's like, defined it as unbreakable? Right, because if you if Bruce you're talking Willis. about people on Earth that are like this is the most durable material that has ever existed, right? So it's unbreakable. Is but then you go into space and it's like, guys, yeah, we're aware of this material. If you smash it against itself, you can break it. Thanos' sword is made out of adamantium. <laughs> good, good. Uh, and so ignoring that for a sec, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, in, eventually his sword does break at a certain point, right? Like somewhere through that oh, yeah, fight. Broke. Like his, Marvel his, broke it. Someone does. Doesn't matter. But the, the point being that that even Thor, who shoved an axe into him earlier and killed him, right? Mm-hmm. Like Thor in Infinity War throws Stormbreaker and it kills him, but not before he can snap. Mm-hmm. Why can't he do that again? Yeah. Right? He has no Infinity Stones. Yeah. Thor with... I mean, he did have Element of Surprise. But... Thor, Thor and his axe go through like an infinity gauntlet death ray. Yeah. To kill Thanos, and then it's Thor with that same axe fighting a Thanos without any infinity stones. Yeah. And he's getting destroyed. Yeah. With with Captain America and Iron Man with him, right? Like mm-hmm. we we have, granted the, the the three heroes that you can argue who were stronger. That were scene though, when they're cool. walking up. Oh. oh yeah. I want to get a poster. When it's only Cap, it shoots to that wide shot of Cap standing and looking against the whole army. They had several poignant break to wides Mm -hmm. throughout the entire movie. And I was like, Russo's, where was that in You, Me, and Dupree? That would have upped that movie. (laughs) For Um, sure. But yeah, I think I was a little peeved on how strong Thanos was. Yeah, with, issues with no Infinity Stones. Issues for sure. That's oh, the first thing speaking, Maddie said. Hold up. Speaking of time issues. travel too, we didn't even get into the fact that Thanos removes himself from his timeline. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's like like that's that's one of the only times where we have a character that's not going back <clears throat> and forward. We have a character that's going yeah. from the back and leaving the timeline and going forward. Yeah. And <clears throat> they don't interact with that at all. Anyway, back to it. Maddie. Maddie's complaint. First thing she said, she's like, "I liked it, but." No Infinity Stones, and he was, like, holding his own. Yeah. What the, yeah, she didn't understand. She I, it too. I, on a side note, too, I did like the move where they're struggling with the gauntlet, and he grabs one of the stones out to then use it in his mm-hmm. other hand. It's yeah. Like, That's a cool move. So, Good actually, job. quick aside, and this is one yeah. of the main topics I want to talk about, just yeah. a point of contrast. Yeah. The way, and honestly, only the Russo brother films from the Marvel Universe have done this well. The action, she- the action scenes are shot, choreographed, everything. 
cut above any other superhero film, I think, because... I would have to look at them side by side. Well, because... Okay, and here's my point. Um, Each character uses a creative aspect of their Mm, power. Sure, yeah. As opposed to just boom, 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 boom. Like, the the DC schlock is just like punch, 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 whatever. And even the other Marvel movies, even if they're trying to be creative, that's Mm -hmm. cut and edited so poorly. Like Captain Marvel. Like Captain Marvel. Um, Where this one is like, man, creative use of powers... Dyna- like teamwork dynamics. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Like, like, when, like when Spider-Man shoots his web out and catches on the Mjolnir, it's like flying. Yeah, past oh, and, and then he gets caught awesome. by as they're playing gauntlet football. Pepper <laughs> and and then gets tossed over to <laughs> Valkyrie. Yeah, that's that's cool. I like that. Also, I can't prove this because I only called it to myself in my head. But <laughs> after I saw Homecoming, yeah. and then I saw Infinity War, I thought it was going to be Infinity War. It wasn't I? I knew Insta Kill was going to oh, be. Oh yeah, 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 that was cool. Yep, that I was, was like, cool. Insta-kill. Anyway, so I, I don't know if, because I think you guys are in agreement with it, I don't know if there's actually that much now that I think about it to go into other than just like power creep. Power creep. Yeah, it's, it's strange. It's a strange thing. And they've, they've been dealing with it throughout the entire Marvel Universe. Yeah. But yeah, I would say depending on the film, each of the heroes varies in strength and each of the villains varies in strength. But honestly, but that's one of the reasons why whenever I leave a Marvel film... At first, I don't like it as much as I thought I would. And then once I get over the things, I can appreciate it more. Mm-hmm. It's because it's it's not lazy screenwriting, but it's like whenever it's convenient or needs to happen, sometimes their powers are here and sometimes they're not. And sometimes they're all yeah, over the place. As opposed to... It's weird. It does. it does. As opposed to a film like The Dark Knight. Yeah. Where like, there's none of that. That, that issue's yeah. not there. And so it's more gripping and riveting yeah. like even when like the insane scenes are happening in marvel you're like no they'll, they're gonna make it one well, and i was seeing because i was editing shazam last night and we talked a while during shazam about like the stakes of the movie and like it was meaningful because there were stakes mm-hmm. and i think the dark knight is like you said is a good example mm-hmm. of of the stakes were there and we could relate to them because mm-hmm. we're like oh like we understand terrorism and we understand yeah. that like what the joker is doing is a thing that a person could mm-hmm. do Whereas in this, the stakes I still felt were kind of there because we had already bought into this whole idea that like the snap was terrible, mm-hmm. uh, but then there wasn't a good resolution of those stakes, mm-hmm. right? Like Tony eventually does an alternate snap, which also why can't it just be like finger guns or mm-hmm. anything? Like why is it a, like yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah, yeah. I. And does, it, does it do the stones like read your will? I think you that it's something where like it's that gauntlet has to do something, right? I I my my personal opinion is that somewhere someone was like, if he had that, he could do something like this. Well, I think Thanos himself says into, that. Yeah, is yeah. that like all I would need is the Infinity Stones? Yeah, and just yeah. So he sets the standard of oh, you have to snap your fingers. So from then on out, everyone's like, okay, snap of the fingers, we got it. That works. Because <laughs> like Hulk could put it on and be like, guys, I'm gonna try something different, and he goes, and then it like does the same thing. But that would be, yeah, yeah. it's semantics. It's yeah. and so that's another part of the movie. It's like it's also an icon. They just kind of yeah. I do really like how they did that. Everyone came back with the phone ring. With the buzz. And the birds. And yeah, the birds. That was yeah, really yeah. well done. And yeah. then the before the imminent destruction. But they, they were just... They kind of glossed over the fact like, oh, we need to do that. And then also we don't need to get a gauntlet forged by the energy of a dying star. We can just use nanoparticles. It'll hold it. It's yeah. fine. Uh, I, was, I was okay with that. And they just kind of glossed over how the fact that they would just be able to well, do I it. Well, I think it's an argument that like Tony Stark has already shown that he can harness Infinity Stones given that he harnessed the Mind Stone. Yeah. 
right? Because that was ideally like yeah. an ancient forged weapon that yeah. they extract the Mind Stone out of and then put into a robot that he made. Yeah. I wish that uh, that the gauntlet that Tony made that Hulk put on had shown more wear and tear mm. from Hulk's snap. Yeah. I think... I think that they did a good job with... Because after viewing it, I was like, man, Tony should have been like incinerated, basically. Like, Wait, when, he, when he did his snap. But then I thought about it, and I was like, Tony's snap is a way, way smaller degree. He just snapped all the guys away. He's just... I'm snapping Thanos and his army away. Yeah. Which is way different than half That's the universe. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Um, yeah. Still enough to kill him. Kill a man. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> spoilers. Spoilers. Um, that was the first spoiler we've talked about. Well, yeah. that's, that's also an interesting point. To when like the, we've spent a lot of time in these movies talking about how there's like a main plot device in Guardians of the Galaxy that like a mortal can't touch, like a normal mortal can't touch an Infinity Stone, yeah. and then like Rocket can just extract one with the thing, with the dildo. <laughs> well, I think so. <laughs> with, with the dildo dagger, he, when he's creeping up on Natalie Portman, I'm just like, uh... this is getting weird. Yeah, um, I think it depends on the Infinity Stone. One. I think it depends on the Infinity That's Stone. Because if you think about, like, the Power Stone is just supposed to be raw power. Yeah. So if you think about just grabbing on to raw power. Which is the Tesseract, right? I do it every day. Uh, no, the the Power Stone is the Guardians one. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it takes the all the Guardians together to even hold on to it because it's raw power. Okay. The Mind okay. Stone that? isn't raw power. Maybe. No. Right? We move the Time Stone isn't yeah. raw time. Like... In a sense, they kind of are, but like I think each of the stones has different effects when held. Sure. Um, my topics are super short. What were they? If we want to do mine, then end with yours, yeah. Duran. Yeah. Cool. Uh, two, three, but they're all really short. So one was I'm just going to kind of make my three observations, and then we can see what sprouts from it. Mm -hmm. One, um, at again, I've got the benefit of two viewings my first viewing i did not like thanos the second viewing i loved it and here's why because i realized that the perspective from infinity war was from thanos so we get that more nuanced version of him and we get to see his albeit super crazy and twisted logic behind his motivations right and it was, he made for a more empathetic as empathetic as a mad titan can be villain in endgame Whenever he talks, he comes across a lot more just cold and heartless. And then you it, it brings it back to, oh, no, this guy is, like, holy cow, so heartless and insane. And it's from the perspective of either Nebula or Gamora or, like, the Avengers listening to him. And so I like that shift in the perspective of how Thanos was presented. And I thought that was interesting. Uh, two. They also presented him a little more... Like, cunning, right? Like yeah. If, if I were this evil mastermind villain guy and I heard this weird thing happen, I don't think my first jump would be like, oh, time travel. Yeah. Like, yeah. But he was like, nope, I'm all in. He's like, I Great. think, yeah. This is what we do. Yeah. I think that, uh, I think I read something about how Thanos made a critical mistake when it came, when it comes to like time travel. And it's sort of what Doctor Strange was alluding to when Tony. Asked him at the end, he's like, is this the timeline? And he's mm -hmm. like, if I tell you, then it won't be. Yeah. Thanos learns that in the future, he gets the gauntlet, he gets the snap, he wins. Rather than let that play out mm. and let that timeline play out, he tries to play God. Well, but the, but the problem that, is, the problem though is that in that timeline, the Avengers go back and undo his thing. In the timeline that he viewed, yeah. So in his 
Because doesn't doesn't he say like they they're undoing my work or something like that? Or it, he says I am inevitable. Yeah, he says I am inevitable. But he doesn't. Uh, he, thought, he doesn't say that. Later, he says something to the effect of like I need to do this because as they long are as there are. He's like I'm grateful because as long as there the people who are left can't accept what yeah. is. But but all he would have to do is take that knowledge, still finish out his timeline, change his snap. Oh, and to kill them, to kill everyone, right? Yeah, yeah. But he tries to do what Doctor Strange warns Tony to not do, which is jump and try to interfere, knowing what the future holds. So that takes that whole I am inevitable thing and it changes it from, yeah, you're inevitable in your current timeline to, yeah, you screwed it up. You are no longer good point. in the driver's seat here. I think it's a little bit of like a your Spider-Man falling through, falling bricks, and you just like weaved your way through. I don't know if that's like a construction. I think that's more of just a uh, a projection onto. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah, the Thanos shift was cool to me. Uh, that, that is true from the storytelling perspective. That, yeah. that this end game was a lot more of a Avengers driven story as opposed to a Thanos, Thanos, Thanos like shift. trampling story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one baby one, and then one third one. So uh, ever since Avengers. I saw Avengers. I like the Avengers movie. People haven't seen it in a long time. That movie's good. It's funny. It's a good movie. I forget how good it is. Um, I mean, it has its problems, but I enjoy it. Uh, mostly because of Loki. But Hawkeye. I was never a big Hawkeye guy. I was like, what? Same here. Ugh. But I liked him in this movie. I liked it a lot. I was in. I was all in on Hawkeye. I was like, mm-hmm. all right. I mean, I knew this movie was going to make me cry within... The first five minutes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that opening scene. Yeah, that mm-hmm. opening scene hit me incredibly hard, and I was like, "Man, if I'm having this big of an issue with this already, <laughs> there's no way I make it through." When me coming, me coming around on Hawkeye, I actually started in Ultron because he was one of my favorite parts of Ultron, which is like an okay movie. Um, but well, I thought he was good. good. I thought it was the worst of the Avengers movies. Mm-hmm. It's still, it's not bad, but I liked it. I liked Avengers: Infinity War and Endgame better than Ultron. It's like saying that Two Towers is a bad movie. Yeah. Whoa. I disagree. I think Two Towers is an amazing movie. I'm just saying that, like, man, Lord of the Rings is on another level. I would say, probably... I would say it's like saying The Hobbit's a bad movie. Ooh, when when added to the Lord of the Rings universe, okay, that's maybe. more. That's more like it. Um, but anyway, I just was all in on the on Hawkeye. That's what I just want to say. Yeah. And then, lastly, my after my first viewing, I was like, man, Infinity War was way better. I liked Infinity War better than Endgame. Mm. And yeah. I saw it again. <sighs> and I still think I do like Infinity War so, better. But here's it, and I just want to make one observation. Infinity War has a uh, its economy of storytelling, if you will, is way more dialed in. Its narrative structure is super tight. Everything is a crescendo. It's moving forward along way better. Endgame, not at all. And I think that's why I default to liking Infinity War better, but I don't think that Endgame was trying to do that. Mm, yeah. Um, and those are the differences in the movies. And like as I realized that when I was watching it the second time, that's what made me like it more. Is because it's like, oh, this is <laughs> not Infinity War. It's got a lot more to kind of juggle and just like it just kind of pl- it doesn't like drive towards something. It just kind of plops us in with the characters, and we just kind of meander with them for two mm-hmm. hours until the battle. And so. Those different. I think it's just like a different movie. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, <clears throat> I 100% agree, and that the the plot in Infinity War is amazing. I think that's my favorite part about it is that the plot is 
super well done. Mm-hmm. The writing is well done. The mm-hmm. plot just flows super well. Mm-hmm. And in Endgame, yeah, I don't think that that's the case. But I think that Endgame did so many other things. Well, so it's funny as well or better. Well, it's more emotionally resonant, I would say. Yeah, and I think that uh, it's a character first movie to the point that the story suffers from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're capstoning 22 films about yeah. characters, you kind of have to be. Yeah. But I also, and one last thing, I liked how freaking weird it was. Think about it. And I was just like brainstorming a list of my way here. Uh, single take samurai action scene. Cool. Yeah. Weird Asgardian rocket the raccoon with a thing that he's just going to like get Natalie with. Like Captain fights well, Captain. Iron Man wields the Infinity Gauntlet. Like Thor plays Fortnite. I was like, yeah. I like when superhero movies get weird, and this movie got weird. I liked it. Yeah, but I don't think it got weird in a way that... Because one of my complaints, and I know this is not shared by you guys, one of my complaints of Thor Ragnarok was that it got too weird mm-hmm. with a character that previously wasn't weird. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that there was anything that was necessarily surprising in Endgame. There was no, nothing that was out of character. Yeah. yeah. I think they took a big swing with the Hulk, the professor thing that they did. Yeah, it's kind of inevitable from a storytelling perspective in that, like... Yeah. Like, they had to get to the point where he could control his power in some meaningful yeah. way. The fact that he never had his standoff with Thanos. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's a little annoying that they, they build up this whole thing and essentially, like, I know we've already critiqued it, but that, that it's the four of them, right? It's, it's yeah. the, the Captain America, the, the Iron Man, the Thor, and the Hulk going into this big fight. And then Thor is... Or not Thor, excuse me. Hulk is essentially just, like saving the other ones yeah. during that big fight, right? He's he's yeah. in the wreckage holding it up. Yeah. It's kind of just like a, a little letdown. Yeah. I want him to like, see Professor Hulk doing incredible things. Yeah. Yeah, and he never did. He never did. Yeah. Which I think for most people they're going to go from here and say like, okay, Hulk isn't what he used to be. Which is sad because cool. I think that I think that he Banner is completely capable of doing everything that Hulk was able to do and more now but we haven't seen it at all he, he also has that. a bum arm too he does yeah, but he's Hulk well this is my power creep argument is that like wasn't Hulk's whole thing that he can he just gets stronger when he's when he's met with a thing that's stronger than him when he's yeah basically and that was the whole thing in Infinity War was like no he should be able to fight Thanos because if Thanos hits him he hits him back harder yeah and so then you you introduce Hulk into old Thanos that doesn't have any Infinity Stones, and he should definitely kick his ass. Yeah, yeah, anyway. I agree. Yeah. Uh, I was kind of bummed on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and moving forward, I think this is interesting because w- w- one of the things I was going to add to what David just said was like, what is who are the characters that this movie is about? And I would argue that the beginning is about Romanoff, about mm-hmm. Black Widow mm-hmm. and Hawkeye, and then it moves more into Captain America and Stark. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of ends with the resolution of only Captain America and Iron Man. It mm-hmm. doesn't resolve Thor. It looks mm-hmm. like Thor is going to be in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Not to get too meta, but he did sign a new contract. Yeah, well, what's interesting is Robert Downey Jr. has said that he would still do more Marvel movies. Like, he doesn't have a contract for it, but mm-hmm. he's like, I'm still in. Yeah. Right? Chris Evans made a comment about the fact that he's been in a, in a Marvel movie for the last 10 years every year, which is a wild feat. Yeah. Um, but but like it wraps up those two characters, but it doesn't wrap up Hulk in any way that I could tell, and it yeah. doesn't wrap up Thor in any way. And they have a Black Widow movie coming out, even though they killed her. 
Well, which it's, it's a, which yeah, I yeah, is no. honestly besides the time thing, even with the time thing, didn't really like that choice. Really, this is this is why yeah. I'm upset that Vision wasn't in the movie. Yeah. Vision was one of my favorite like non main Avenger. I also yeah I don't understand how Vision wasn't in the movie. Well, because he was killed before the snap. So like yeah. they snapped and brought back all the people gotcha. that were disintegrated, yep. but he was killed. But speaking arguably, you can do whatever the f you want with the gauntlet. So well, why don't you also right. bring him back? Well, right? and speaking of power creep, like Scarlet Witch is insane. Yeah, she and had she had a little bit of a moment, right? Oh yeah, she, I mean she was going to kill Thanos. Do you yeah. bleed? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like, but like she chose to do it just once. Yeah, it's like just go do that. Also, I mean, this also gets into the thing of like in this universe, technically, there's also a dark phoenix that can do yeah. more powerful things yeah, than, right. than and, Scarlet Witch can do. And this is me nitpicking, but yeah. uh, Black Panther's sister just looked so goofy to me. Well, it's a little Get weird too. She shouldn't be in combat. Get out of here! No, I've got these these plasma pistols from Halo Two, and she's I'm gonna not get you. Trained, right? Like the whole thing is she's really yeah. smart. Yeah, great. Yeah, she shouldn't have been. But like included T'Challa in that. and his lieutenant are like total badass warriors, and she's not. She's supposed she to be the brain. She yeah. would have been destroyed by one of those crawly things. I mean, it would have been pretty cool. It would have been pretty cool if there was some like mech that she was piloting from like a yeah. distance, yeah. right? Like they could still incorporate yeah. her, but also, Marvel comes in, destroys that ship. And then gets the gauntlet. And yeah. then Spider-Man's like, I don't know how you're going to get through those 18 guys. And then she they had their, like... a ship. They had their, like, girl power moment, which was cool. Oh, man, that 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 was probably one of the most powerful moments I felt in the entire film. For yeah. me, it was unexpected. I didn't see it coming, and yeah. what happened was like, oh. And realistically, I was like, wow, they have, they have gotten to a point where they have just a, a great team of female yeah. Yeah. heroes yeah. here. Yeah. But then I was like, but then I was like, it was a great team. But then I was just like, you don't, she doesn't, guys, she doesn't need you. Yeah. She can just fly through them. Yeah. She can just go right through them all. Yeah. Just like that. But yeah. whatever. That I mean, she didn't, so. Yeah, which is yeah, my <laughs> right. issue with Marvel. <clears throat> we, do you want to come back and talk about Also, no stuff? oxygen. And she just was like, I'm going to carry you guys to Earth real fast. I mean, she probably did it really fast. Hold your breath. <laughs> I, but whatever. I, I, think like, they, <laughs> I think they had more than like, no oxygen left because yeah. he said he was saying tomorrow and then he took a little nap and then light years from earth but she can I was like the scene where Ant-Man is eating his tacos and it's great every scene. scene with Ant-Man in this movie I loved also the line he'll grow <laughs> like it wasn't like a, he'll grow it was like nope we got him back he's a baby he'll grow oh the whole We're time fine. travel thing is, that part was so stupid because it's totally disconnected from everything else they're doing no I yeah. know but just for the he'll grow line I yeah. accept it and I love it so much yeah. and also stop that rabbit the guards chasing Rocket the Raccoon stop that rabbit oh, yeah. anyway we can move yeah. on um Duran yeah so I was going uh, Dave has seen so at this point in our lives uh, the third episode of season eight, Game of Thrones, has come out. Yes, um, yes. It came out. It just came out. It came out last Sunday. Six days ago. I saw Avengers Saturday. So I went from watching Avengers and being in basically an emotional wreck that whole day to seeing the third episode of season eight of Game of Thrones. Um, I was prepared to be. to have my emotional wreckage be continued. And then I watched Game of Thrones, and I felt like I was cheated. Uh, oh, you felt as though Game of Thrones didn't fulfill its... Game of Thrones did not come anywhere near 
Um, so it's the same feeling, right? Because Endgame is essentially the conclusion of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right. The series of Game of Thrones should be. Yeah. And what I'm hoping is, so there, there are three more episodes in this season of Game of Thrones. Three left. I'm hoping that last one does something that that Avengers was able to do as far not necessarily as far as like plot but as far as like that emotional resonance of a conclusion done well so comparing in game to Game of Thrones um, I think the issue that Game of Thrones went into with this was that they wanted they they were doing more fan service than storytelling mm. they cared more about really cool moments yep and and like D and D um, the two creators of the show for Game of Thrones even came out and said something about how they were proud that they tricked people into thinking that John was going to kill the Night King, but then, oh, they had this twist where Arya does what? it. They came out saying, like, yeah, we got you guys, basically. And it's like... Isn't there, like, fan theories ahead of time that John will be the one that kills him? I mean, if you look at the prophecies that are talked about in the show yeah. and in the books, like, everything leads to this this character called Azora's Eye. Mm-hmm. Um forging like this sword from like sacrifice in order to use it to kill the night king okay. none of that has happened yeah it's basically been tossed out which well, is the, not a thing anymore the first scene in the entire series the prologue of episode one season one teases the whites yeah and it's been built up over eight seasons yeah. and then it's like boom 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 done that's con- that's resolved we're done yeah just like that and it's, it's like, yeah, when when that should be the last moment of your final episode yeah. is the resolution of and that so my whole thing. What's well, also a little upsetting that you have creators who are intentionally stoked about like ever subverting opinions. Well, ever since, ever since they, they set up too, right? Like yeah. they, they are the ones who are setting up that yeah. twist, and then they subvert. Ever that since they twist. took over the main writing and story creation, yeah. Once they gone, once they pass the books, it's yeah. gone downhill. It's gone downhill. So my <laughs> as I've been comparing these two, and what I've actually been reading, because like so many people that saw that episode also saw Endgame, and have been drawing similar conclusions that Game of Thrones. They were more concerned with fan service than mm-hmm. with actual storytelling and with like actual like solid conclusions to their story and like completion of the arc. Versus in game, I feel they were they cared so much about the story and completing those arcs mm-hmm. in the best way that they could. That in game feels good. Like it feels yeah. like a great. That's I mean that's why the plot isn't even that big of a deal. And we've talked about how the time travel plot is underwhelming. It doesn't matter because they do such a good job with every single character's arc that you're able to get past it and still this film well, yeah, is would, going to be... I would argue that the, my complaints about the whole time travel plot device only give service to that goal of yeah. allowing for appropriate fan service. I was going to say it's, a built, it's built-in fan like, service. Yeah. The story device. Yeah. And I think I think when we say fan service too, I'm not talking about like complaining about fan service. I think that the movie itself is just fan service. Right? Which, like, yeah. I think the movie's point is to be that. And I think that the difference there is that they know that if they do it right, they will be paying fan service. Versus yeah. Game of Thrones is thinking, what can we do to accomplish fan service? Mm, mm-hmm. And then secondary to that is, all right, how do we get fan service? What needs to happen in the story for that to happen? Yeah. And it has made me so disappointed in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, I mean, hopefully it gets better. Right? Like, hopefully the there's a chance if in... Lena Headey can save many things. What? Lena Headey, the actress who plays Cersei. Oh yeah, she's very talented. Um, a lot could happen. I've read a lot of theories. If even one of them comes true it will salvage the, yeah. the 
the season, the whole series. But it was just a really interesting. I think we're that's like last weekend. I think was an incredibly interesting time in like media mm-hmm. in the history of media. Because I think that when people think back on like, hey, remember when Endgame came out and we had that third episode of Game of Thrones, like all in the same weekend, like that's insane. Mm-hmm. I bet the combined viewership of those two things mm. is just sure. is probably like never going to be surpassed. Yep. Because Endgame itself is toppling records, and I bet that's probably the most viewed Game of Thrones episode ever, which, when, yeah. And it's just, I was so disappointed in Game of Thrones. And I think that it's, part of it is because I saw Endgame, and my expectations were Mm -hmm. maybe at an all-time high. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that it also uh, reaffirmed how well they did in Endgame with storytelling. This is an interesting question too, and I know we got to wrap up. But in in a short amount, do you guys think? Because we talked about this with with Shazam and Captain Marvel, do you think that your expectations going into Endgame were high, low, and then do you think that it met that expectation? Right, like yeah, uh, guys, I'll kick it off. They were high, they were super high, and it did not meet them. Mm, my first viewing, yep, yeah. I the entire. It got to the point where my just kind of like madness through the first two acts led to like a kind of a like I'm kind of disappointed that I let that infect me so much that it kind of ruined the third act for me that first time, but then I like weirdly just like sat on it, thought about the characters, thought about like how it was and kind of just its place in the Marvel universe, and then I like I grew to love it like by Wednesday or Thursday, mm-hmm. I saw it on Sunday, and then I saw it again yesterday, mm-hmm. and fulfilled actually like my new set of like high expectations nice. but like I was overhyped and it did not meet them the first time but then it like met them if that makes sense well because your expectations changed yeah they did change and I like one and then I, I loved it so much for what it was and like what it did so well and I appreciated it so much and I was like okay yeah this is top this is a top Marvel movie for me for sure not the top a top I think um I kind of had a... So I went into it with very high expectations because I went into it with the same expectations I think I went into like Captain Marvel where I was coming off of Infinity War Mm -hmm. and I was like, that was a phenomenal film. Mm -hmm. They hit every mark they should have. So those were my expectations going into this. And I think I, I knew after the initial Hawkeye scene that it was probably, that it was going to meet or Mm -hmm. exceed them Mm -hmm. because that scene was done in such a great way and they hit they were not pulling any punches i could tell from the start like this is going to be exactly what it needs to be yeah um that being said during that second act i was a little worried um i was just a little worried that like oh they're going to get too into this this whole time travel thing but then they got to that third act and i actually had a fear um when everyone starts coming through the portals, you know, mm-hmm. cap on your left, everyone comes through the portals, the Avengers music starts coming, the two armies start coming towards one another, and I just had this fear that, like, oh, man, what if they cut it? What Straight if they back. just black screen and they're like, and then on the screen are words, they did it, and it's just over. <laughs> like, I was like... Or even better, like, the Avengers are returning to Avengers 3. Or yeah, three, yeah, three, and I was just like, oh, my God. Like, I was so anxious, Yeah, and then it didn't happen and i was just like in this moment of just like oh my gosh they're actually doing it they're they're doing everything 
perfect. Interestingly, that scene actually reminded me the most of the finale of The Adventure Zone. With the callbacks. In the sense of, like... Yeah. The finale of The Adventure Zone is just about callbacks to previous episodes. And I feel as though, like, that moment where you have spinning discs and you have, like, oh, like, there's, uh... What's it called? Wakanda. Wakanda. Which, they didn't do the Wakanda forever thing. Come on. I think that they're kind of done with that. Oh. Well, I can understand why. Um... Right, and, and so you have this whole thing where you have like these portals being opened. I think yeah, it's very. Um, but yeah, my I think my expectations were were met. Yep, they were high and they were met. Yep. What about you? Um, real quick, for some reason, when I thought when when Spider Man comes up and talks to Tony Stark, yeah, what I thought he said is that there was a split in the dimension and that Tony died from Spider Man's perspective. Oh. And that then Doctor Strange did the circle thing, and then afterwards Gwen was like, no, 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 he said that we came he's back. Like, I, was like, I, thought, I, thought you, I thought you died, oh. you were there, and then Doctor Strange said we needed you. And... He said, I thought we died. Yeah. I thought he said, I thought you died. No, he did. No, but that but that implies that he was still alive for the duration no, of No, because he was gone, years. so he didn't know. He's like, I came back, you were gone, I thought you died, but then Doctor... And... Yeah, I, and I just didn't pick up on it because it was gotcha. so quick yeah, and I was exactly. distracted. I thought it was like, oh, we've introduced oh. two different realities. That oh, there's man. like two Spider-Man. The meme. Well, not not necessarily two Spider-Mans, no. but that like when the snap happened, when the snap happened, a division, yeah. and then it was a split in universes. And then not in... immediately, I was like, "Oh, we could have another Avengers movie." That's all the other Avengers doing the same thing, getting back to here. Yes. And I was like, "That'd be awesome." That's anyway, crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. My expectations were high based on the first trailer, or maybe the second trailer, where they had the whole like the really somber music yeah. and the callbacks to the different icons of the heroes. Yeah. And and I think that that set my expectation up to 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 view this more as a culmination of a story as opposed to a story in itself and so i think that uh like i walked out of the theater jazzed like i was yeah. like that's awesome like i think that they did it yeah. um but again I, I still think if i think critically it's a it's a thousand side yeah yeah i think that i'm you, happy with it yeah if you basically if you go into this not having watched any marvel movies you're probably not gonna think it's that no. great which which also actually as as we kind of shift into like wrapping up uh, how would you rate this in terms of other finales of products that you feel attached to? Someone said, I overheard someone like, this is this generation's Return of the King. And I was like, bow! I would have been like, you mean the same generation? Yeah. yeah. Like, and I was also like, oh, you mean the movie that won 11 Oscars? When did Return of the King? Well, when did Fellowship come out? Do you guys remember? 2001. 2001. 2001. Okay, so Iron Man's what, seven years oh, after that? Yeah. I don't think it's a different generation. But no. all I was saying, all I was like, I was like, this this is a great movie. It's not I would, Return of the King. Sorry, like, I would I would argue that Lord of the Rings set this up, right? Like the success oh, yeah. of Lord of the Rings set up so that we could have these multi movie franchises that have shared stories. Absolutely, because different. even when they this is a side note, but even when they were pitching Lord of the Rings, most studios were not a fan of doing three movies. Yeah, with the same actors in such a wide yeah, scope. Yeah, they were they were like, no, condense it down to one. Yeah, basically. Which so. should have done Hobbit. Anyway. Right. Um, who, okay, uh, is this... But I... Let's get back to your question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is finality. Yeah. Finalities. Yeah. Um, so and, and I, would, I was also like a soft to. finality, right? Because we've already talked about the fact that they're going to do more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would say, like, compared to Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Much um, better. It destroys Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I don't... For some reason, I don't really think of Dark Knight Rises as a finality, even though I understand it is. Right, but I don't really think of it as like 
I view it as like the third story in the chain, not necessarily the last story. What in the other chain. movies would we compare it to? Well, I'm thinking things like you know, people have a lot of feelings of like Lost, and people have a lot of feelings oh, on, gotcha, right? Yeah, like yeah, other yeah. other narrative arcs yeah. which have. Well, I already did Game of Thrones, True. which isn't done, done yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the only one that done. maybe does it better, just because it's a lot more simpler, and just is Breaking Bad. Yeah, I was gonna bring that up. Is, is I thought the finale Breaking Bad. Yeah, the finale Breaking uh, Bad. I thought, yeah. but I mean, those are so different. Yeah, the scope's different. Exactly. But I'm talking about from the yeah. From the... But like, I think the only one that maybe did it better is would be Breaking Bad because I think that it I out yeah it outdoes Lost. It outdoes. I think any Breaking TV Bad. Show I can think of. Yeah, I think Breaking Bad did better than most any other TV show. I don't know if I can think of a TV show that did a better one, but I would argue that. Avengers, maybe it's just the breadth of it. Maybe it's mm-hmm. just the differences of the two. But I think Avengers did a better job. Yeah, I don't necessarily have an answer on my side. I just think it's an interesting idea to. Yeah, it's really hard to compare Endgame to anything else because of how unique it is, and so then trying to yeah. like force it into some category that then you can compare something. I mean, when we so after Rise of Skywalker, yeah, yeah, that'll be a good comparison. Right? Then we can go okay. Yep. Yep. Which which hopefully they're taking some amount of lessons learned which right. new hopefully they do good good pun nice i'm gonna i'm gonna laugh for star wars puns yes. i'm okay with that no those are fine um recommendations recommendations um well first first recommendations on would our parents like this movie yeah i'll go first um i'm gonna say i think my dad would like it because it's i think he'd be fine with the time travel and stuff because he is he loved like 80s and 90s films mm-hmm. that dealt with time travel and stuff mm-hmm. um and the action sequences and things yep. that would be enough to keep him in it even though i don't think that he's a very big fan of marvel i don't know how many marvel films he has seen um i don't think my mom would actually enjoy it all that yeah. much because i don't think because she would want to get into the weeds of it and i don't think yeah. she knows enough about marvel and that cinematic universe to to feel like it had the weight that it does. Yeah, neither of my parents are invested in the universe of the characters, so I don't think they would. I well, I might, if anyone would, my my mom would, but then would immediately forget it. And my dad maybe would on a lesser scale, but he it, it would stick with him and he would pick it apart. But yeah. neither of them know the characters, so they'd, at the end of the day, they'd be like, meh. Yeah, yeah. I think it's same with my dad. Yeah, my mom would. She'd be like, whatever. Yeah. My dad would probably enjoy it, but have the same thing of kind of like, he he would be the guy in the theater that's like, wait, what? Like, what What are they talking about? What's yeah. an Infinity Stone? Yeah. I mean, he so like I had guy. that moment where um, Black Widow, um, it's like the five years later, it comes to her and she's talking about Hawkeye doing stuff in Mexico. Yeah. But she refers to him. Barton. Um, Barton. As Barton. Yeah. And I was like who's Martin again? Yeah. And it took me, like, I mean, it didn't take me more, longer than, like, a minute before I was like, oh, Hawkeye. Oh, he's also a secondary character. And, yeah. Still, like, I'm someone who has seen mm-hmm. 75% of these films, and I had a moment where I was like, wait, who are they talking about? Have you seen all of them? Yes. Yeah, I think I have to. I'm not. Which, we should make a 1 through 22 list. I'm in. I'm in, too. You can make a 1 through 17 list. You knew. Just whatever ones you I've seen. Me. Uh, where would you, just right now, shot from the hip, where would you put this in For sure, your... top five. Marvel movies? For sure, top five. Yeah. That's all I know. I probably would, too. Yeah. 
Just I think I think you. I'm I'm, I'm gonna put it top just because it concludes all the other ones. Yeah, I think, I, that, I think that. I mean, you can you can asterisk your placing, but is it top five or not? I think yeah. I think it goes like Infinity War. This film. I don't know where they are in the top five, but it's yeah. it goes those two because of just the weight of them. Yeah. yeah. You can't get past that. Sure like you look at you watch any other Marvel film that's not those two, and you're like, we're not really talking about real stakes here. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, outside of of in game recommendations for other media, yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with Bob's Burgers. Bob's Burgers. Bob's Burgers. Great show. We have been we started it over, and I think what happened is with the show is as it got more popular they stopped doing as crazy of things mm. with the show because there are scenes within the first and second season where you're like wow they are pushing pushing bounds pushing bounds yeah. um like there's a scene where they go they get a food truck and they go to like a food truck festival and they cause problems or whatever the crowd flips their food truck and they're stuck in there and they're stuck in there with some random other food truck guy and tina's like oh no i'm gonna die a virgin and he's like yeah, me too. And she's like, wait, I have an idea. And he's like an adult man. And she's like 12. And Bob's like, uh-uh, no, stop. Nope, we're not going there. And it's just like moments like that where I'm like, man, this show was willing to like kind of go dark yeah. in like a pretty funny and lighthearted way. And I really like it. Nice. Dave? Uh, guys, I haven't been consuming much other media. That's good. Um, I would say... What about the, that song you sent us? Uh, yeah, what song did I send you guys? I don't know. Uh, Sweater Weather. Oh, by yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Actually, here's my <laughs> here's my recommendation is the song Sweater Weather by The Neighborhood. Um, it's it a sad? really good song. It's yeah, it's sad undertones, but it's really good. It is a good song. It's a great song. Um, I endorse his, his media. There we go. And then, oh, okay, one more. I will say uh, Dirk Gently and the Holistic Detective oh my Agency. Didn't You did this already. Oh, okay. Uh yeah, then just <laughs> then just sweater weather by the neighborhood. That's my recommendation. Um, actually, can you keep doing like <laughs> keep doing a first one and then be like, oh and wait wait wait, Dirk, Dirk gently. gently. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Spider-Man and the Spider Verse was amazing. Yeah, so good. I feel as though I I mean I like in game. It's great. That's good. But Spider Verse is way better. I wish way better, more comic book movies would be in that form. And I understand that that form is is experimental and new and right like that's one of the reasons it's so noteworthy, but I feel as though like that was just that's great. Like I I was in, the story was like if you look at it subjectively, it's like eh whatever it's fine. There, there's some things in it that are kind of like unresolved, but just the presentation, the the totality of like the achievement of what they did, the emotional so resonance good. even, yeah. Every, everything and about it I was like that oh, final weird. scene it was so cluttered yet you were not like what's going yeah, on yeah 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 so good which I think it, we can talk for a long time about it I don't think we need to right now but but just the the trueness to comics both with how they yeah. made it and I think that that's true about comic books right you're reading a comic book and you have action scenes that there's stuff happening that you don't understand yeah right but you still have a cohesive thread through it through the character yeah it was good I loved yeah. it I know I'm late to the show. I know you guys have already seen it. I know you guys have already said you liked it, but yeah. I thought it was good. Uh, how'd the uh, hipster burn his mouth? He ate his pizza before it was cool. I'm glad you waited until the very end to drop that one. <laughs> cool. Uh, this has been three guys you've never heard of talk about Endgame. Yeah. 
Eat your vegetables. Call your moms. Thanks, Dave. Thanks to Kevin McLeod for giving this music. And maybe a Matt Eastman. I talked to him. Oh, nice. Ooh, a Matt Eastman joint. Joint. A Matt Eastman joint. Cool. I don't know.